Hello everyone, good afternoon. My name is Bimbo Ogundere. I'm the director of the Kids Scott School and the LIT Light Foundation. Thank you for joining this podcast. So today we'll be starting <clears throat> a new um, series called The Seven Keys to Superior Performance. And I like that particularly as we're going into the new session for those of us who are teachers, as we're rounding up the year, for people that are here that are not teachers or educators, it's important that we begin to um, think about how to improve our performance. Surely because obviously at work there's um, all the performance management and people are obviously, you know, they go far and they are promoted. And you know, all those nice things happen to people that are performing superiorly. If you have listened to my right teacher, you'd, um, I think the very first thing we spoke about when we were talking about the R is result-oriented, that at the end of the day, we, we are commended based on the results. So how do we get great results is by improving our performance. So we're starting today with um, our keys to superior performance. The first one that I would go into will be clarity. So clarity, obviously, is from the root word clear. So it is be clear. So what should we be clear about? So first of all, um, first of all, it should be our vision. So what's the end goal? Um, what's the big idea? Now, interestingly, um, you know, many of these words have been touted about vision, vision, but we still find out that many people don't, if I ask you, oh, what is it that you want to do, let's say five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now, my pastor would say we should talk about 20 years. So even, you know, five years is a twinkle of a night. So plan for 20, plan for 30. When I was over at Harvard, it was a 30 years thing that, okay, 30 years from today, write a letter to yourself. But if I ask, when we ask people, they, they, they have an idea, but it's not clear. So I'm here to, ex to let you understand that it must be clear where you are going. Must be clear what the end goal is, what the big idea is, must be clear. And all this is obviously tied to our calling, our purpose, what it is that we, we think that or we know that we're supposed to, where we were created, what we're supposed to achieve, the impact we're meant to make on earth. So it must be clear by now. I mean, most people that are listening to this will probably be above 25 above 30 but we even understand that the young ones now are even doing so much more than we you know that we uh, people going a little bit into the middle age so I, I i think that the very first thing is that we have to be clear so mark twain says that i can teach anybody how to get what they want out of life the problem is that i can't find anyone who can tell me what they want and we, I don't know if you if if you take nothing away from these seven keys to superior performance, it is that you sit down and decide and know and think, reflect, ponder upon where exactly do I want to be? What exactly, you know, do 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 do, do I want? What's the end point? So obviously, once we're clear about that, um, obviously vision is. So half of the time, most of us are afraid because we are, ah, you know. But vision is out of seeing what is invincible. So it's not that invisible. So it's not that it's there. It's not that oh, um, it, it, it's almost like um, 
like taking your using your imagination to this task in the best possible way for yourself to say okay if i'm going to use my imagination and i want to you know describe my best life and what would it be that's what visioning is so obviously there are a lot of things with regards to vision boarding so um, um my sister calls it um um advertising your future to yourself so whatever it is get a nice get a nice big large sheet of paper and then begin to put pictures on begin to write begin to put quotes begin to what is it that the end point is so it's very important that we do so especially you know for fellow educators that are here this is yet another school year this is 2018-2019 so we're here again but are we are we on the path so we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on so obviously the next thing about clarity is clarity of your mission as well so when we have a vision the mission honestly is how do we want to get there so the, 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 this is where intentionality comes in. This is where planning come in, comes in. This is where um, I, I was. I like this. I, I learned it when I, you know, when I went over to Harvard. It's called the strategic roadmap. So it is a thirty-year plan, and then obviously year by year, maybe skipping five years, skipping. But from now till thirty years time, you'd have. What do I want to do? So in year two thousand and eight, okay. I want to do this, which is going to last for three years. Then in 20, um, 2018 plus 2021, so this is what I want to do. Then that affords me the, you know, the opportunity to do that. And because if I do that, then I'll be able to do this. And if I do that, you see, life, in, you see, life needs to be that intentional. Life needs to be that intentional. It needs to be that intentional. So, of course, as, as Christians would add, you know, obviously by His grace and all those things. But, you know, God help those who help themselves. If you don't even have an idea of where it is that you are going, what do you want God to help you with, really? What do you want God to help you with when you obviously don't know, you know what it is that you are doing? So, write it out. Make it as clear as possible. Um, I like to use timeline. So mine is is a timeline. So you have a timeline that says, okay, from this this year to that year to that year, and it goes all the way to the very end. So, and of course, with a strategic roadmap, we should have action points. You should have um, action points. So it's almost like okay, your goals. So your vision, you know, your goals. How do I want to get there? So what are the action points? So I have to do this. So if I want to start, um, if I want to have a master's degree in education in, in the next three years, I really need to start working on that now, working on my applications, working on. So that is how it is. So what are the action points? So this is what I want to This is what I want to do. What do I need to do now? What do I need to do next year? What do I need to get to that point? So clearly defined, you know, um, strategic roadmaps, clearly defined action points. And then obviously you write that out, you print that out, you paste it up. I have a friend that I met that she created, she developed her strategic roadmap into like a, a wallpaper. So um, in our office, um, one whole wall is her a strategic roadmap. So <laughs> what other greater accountability do you need, you know, other than that? Because everybody is looking at you and say, oh, excuse me, madam, you said that in 2011 you're going to be doing that. So... That is something that you can also, but I mean, if you don't want to be that extreme, put it up on your, in your cupboard, put it up in your office, paste it on the top of your, of your table in, at work, 
and then obviously go from there. Um, so we need to obviously, once we've done that, priorities obviously we're setting. So when you are doing your, your roadmap, it needs to, it, it can't just be the first thing that comes. It needs a bit of intentionality, reflection, information. It needs to be quite deep. And then the great thing about, about that is that um, because it's something that you have come up with yourself, because it's something that you, you know, it's true to you, it's your truth, you are convinced about it, then obviously you, 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 commitment obviously then comes in there because it's not, nobody dashed you. So when we were all growing up and all our parents wanted us to be doctors and all those things. So this is not someone else's vision playing off in your life. This is a vision that you have spent, if, you know, a good amount of time thinking about and sitting and praying about and putting to pen, putting pen to paper and developing. So you are convinced about it and then you are committed to it. The great thing also about, about, about strategic roadmap is that you can review it. So it's not a permanent thing. It's not a oh, do or die affair in terms of, oh, if this doesn't happen or... Because we're all humans. We are fluid. We evolve. We are flexible. New things come up. Um, recently, I just discovered that I actually like, you know, I, I like technology. Actually, technology in education. I, I, I mean, in, in the last couple, I mean, maybe like two weeks, two months ago, I would have told you that I hate it, but I just decided. And now I'm looking into doing a master's in digital education. So... These are the, you know, life sort of would happen, but at the end of the day, when you are changing your, changing your mind and you are reviewing and you are strategizing, it is because of you, have, you become a, you know, a little bit better convinced about something that would get you to the big idea. So the big idea remains the big idea, but how to get there obviously can change. We need to be flexible. Life happens. We don't want to beat ourselves up too much and all that. So um, obviously, like I said, so getting better ways, faster ways, of getting to that end point when you are strategizing, so then we act. So action is is where um, a lot of people um, obviously get get it a little bit um, I don't know twisty, for lack of a better word. Um, vision without action is a dream. So we all have the vision. We all have the vision. So this is what we want to do. How are you going to do it? A lot of us. We don't ask ourselves, we don't ask each other how. We get convinced by, oh, the, the, the great idea or the great end point. If you are speaking to me and you tell me, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, how do you want to do that? So I was sitting in um, one of these new presidential aspirants. So I went to listen to him and he had all those great ideas. And the first thing I asked was, how? How? You, you know, don't, don't sell to us this, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses uh, type of story. The how is important. The how is even more important than where it is you are going at the end of the day because if you, don't, if you can't tell me how, you are obviously not going to get there. So action without vision is simply passing the time. So you are acting, you are doing things, but there is no end point. There is no where you are going. So everything that I am doing, it is not towards something. Then you are passing time. And one thing we don't want to do as humans is to come to the world and we, we have just passed the time, right? And an action with vision is making a positive difference. So this is your vision. Then you follow it, follow it up with action, and then you are making a positive difference. Vision is vision is not enough, which is where I'm going to next. It must be combined with venture. It must be combined with venture. It is not enough to stay up the steps. We must step up the stairs.
you are looking up, 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 and then you have not even put your right foot on one on the first stair. Right? We need to wake up from a thought that lasts too long. So most of us busy planning, 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 strategizing, 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 and you are doing nothing. And you are actually doing nothing. No action. So how, what are the things that affect action? Because this is what it is. Superior performance is action. Performance is what you do that is, um, that is um, um, compared to a set, um, agreed um, standard of doing things. So that is performance. So you are either performing well, you are performing not well, you are performing superiorly because there's a set standard you know, of, of, of performance that is expected of you so and that is that is action so the the remaining the because everything i like to do things in code so the remain the rest of our c's so all our seven keys are c's so the rest of our c's confidence and courage constraints creativity concentration continuous learning and connections they all sort of affect how it is that we act as we go forward let us understand that people only see what they are prepared to see people only see what we're prepared prepared that's the that's the that's the task that's the word what we are prepared to see thank you for listening on the first say clarity of the seven keys to superior performance see you hello everybody good morning this is bimbo gundere so we're back for the seven um, keys to superior performance. And the first thing we looked at was clarity of your vision and your mission. And I think that once you have that clear, then it helps you with the drive, the desire, the motivation, the attitude that you need for superior performance. When something is clear to you, it's, it's, it's better. It, it looks less daunting. It looks clearer. Especially when you have, you've have when you've done your strategic roadmap, when you've put your action points. Um, another way, I mean, um, this, these are not easy tasks. That's why people get um, coaches as well. So it might be something that you might want to look into, um, get a coach to help you at least through the very first stages of um, gaining clarity of your vision. So it's something you might. I, I thought to add that it's not something, it's not as easy as, as most people make it sound. So if it's something that you need to get a coach for, please um, investigate and explore that option. So the next thing we're going into this morning is um, the confidence and courage that we need to achieve superior performance. So I know that a lot of people say, um, especially um, there's that quote by David, Henry David, and he says that um, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you have imagined. But I always feel that, okay, confidence, is it some, I mean, is it nature or nurture? Is it something that comes naturally or is it something that you have to build? Most people are talking about confidence, but I don't think that a lot of people talk, speak a lot about how do you gain confidence. I personally feel that um, gaining confidence is um, usually on the back of um, your past accomplishments, on the back of past successes. If we're going to go a little bit spiritual, a little bit, we say, okay, going, being confident, knowing your God, having your connections is something we're going to talk about. 
But let's let's look at it now based on you know what gives us that self belief that. I can do something. I can. I wake up in the morning. I know that today I'm going to be a high performer. Today I'm going to be a superior performer. What are the things that give us that that confidence? Number one for me would be, like I said, past successes. What are the little things? No matter how little that they are, um, we need to remind ourselves of those things that we have done, you know, and we're doing, and we have done well, and you know, build. You know, a sense of okay, belief in ability to do the next thing excellently on that as well. I think that self-belief is also um, on the back of how great you know your knowledge, uh, your knowledge is, your your skills are, and your experience. So, for example, you've been doing, you've been working at it at a job for for um, three, four years. You you have expert knowledge in it. You have developed your skills. You have developed your experience. You know, you, you, you would be obviously more confident than someone that is starting afresh or someone that has been doing a little bit poorly at their task. So you'd be more confident. So I'll give you an example of my daughter who um, just, um, you just completed her year seven entrance exams. And I remember that when she started trying them out in year five, um, she was a little bit, she was very nervous. Um, we tried out, um, you know, a couple of schools. She was nervous, you know, she was younger. She was maybe not as prepared, but but by the time we got into year six, um, I remember when she was in her seventh exam, I wasn't in the country. And I, I, remember, I remember calling her a day before the exam to say, oh, my goodness, your exam is tomorrow. And she says, oh, mommy, what are they going to ask? It's the same thing. The, the questions don't change. <laughs> you know, it's the same questions that they're asking. Obviously, they around the same concepts. And because she had she had done seven examinations, so she, she, she had insight. She had the experience. She had, you know, the knowledge. She had analyzed to say, oh, these are, the, you know, the same things that they're asking us. And interestingly, she went, I called her dad and I said, oh, this, this little girl has exam tomorrow. And the father said, okay, you know, we're going to go for it. And they went for it, and I called her afterwards, and she says, I don't mommy, like I told you, it's the same thing. So what am I trying to say? Confidence comes with, um, with work. Confidence comes with experience. Confidence comes with being at a task and doing your task over and again and, and gaining expertise, sitting and gaining expertise there. So the, when, 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 you know, like I said, superior performance is performance that is above average performance that is above great so once you have you have dwelled a little at average performance you have skilled up to um to to good performance then you know that okay going the, the next step higher than that is is something that you can accomplish because you know you're the same person that has sort of come come thus far so that's something um i'll use an, another example a couple of, of weeks ago, I had two of my teachers, you know, speak at um, at um, Elliot at the Light Foundation, and I know I asked them. I said, "Okay, you know, you two of you are going to speak," and they said to me because they 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 they, 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 they are both key state leaders at the school, and they speak normally to their teams. So, you know, we have that constant, you know, continuous speaking and training and coaching of your teammates. 
So speaking to a larger crowd or a crowd that you, you do not know, obviously is, you know, a step higher. But because you know that you have been doing something like that, then going to that superior performance, going a step higher is something that, okay, I believe I can do it. You have the confidence, you know, the confidence to do that. So your knowledge and your skills and your experience and the little things that you do now and how well you do your little things will are important for you when you are looking, you know, when you want to build confidence to do something greater. That's what I'm trying to say. So you need to also analyze your professional balance sheet. I speak, say, say this all the time. Your professional balance sheet has your assets, you know, and has your liabilities in terms of, okay, so these are the things that I know how to do well. These are the things that I really do not know how to do well. And then what do I do with the things that I really need, you know, I need things that I can do well. Is obviously, do, you know, do them better. And the things that you don't know how to do well, you skill up. You build up. You know, you 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 get out there, and then I was speaking to one of my my mentees recently, and she asked me, "Oh, how do you know so many things and all those sort of things?" And I said, "Because I do a lot of reading. I read all the time. I read all the time. I listen all the time. I um, people would probably think that I do a lot of talking, but I actually do a lot of listening as well. So when I'm in a gathering, I'm just you know listening. I listen to podcasts a lot." I listen, I watch videos on YouTube, I read all my books. So once you skill up, once you dedicate yourself to skilling up, then obviously the confidence, because you, 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 you have more knowledge. So when you are conversing, you have more things to say, you have more insights. So that's something. Another thing I want us to do, which I, I spoke to my mentee about again, is you don't just, um, which is why you should have a professional balance sheet. You honestly don't want to just learn everything at the same time. So if this is your moment of, if this is your moment of, um, or your period, for example, um, learning um, about your teacher's toolkits, um, then that's what you're focused on. So you go out there and you seek um, trainings, you seek um, trainings that are around that theme for now. You don't go, it has to also be, um, professional development also has to be more strategic. You just don't learn everything at the same time. So you have periods, you have things, you have, um, so this, for the next six months, I'm learning about this. For the next six months, I'm learning about this. For the next three months, I'm learning about this. So that there's a bit more structure to your skilling up as well. I call these things my my weapons of warfare. So, you know, what are, what are the weapons I have in my arsenal? You have to always, always, always develop that you know and honestly for me it just helps with confidence so people come to me and have, i would i can converse about many things i remember when it was the world cup season i watched all the matches because obviously that was what was happening and i want to go into 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 conversations and and i'm analyzing you know how algeria beat the other country and all that so you must be this person that is passionate about knowledge hungry for knowledge that helps you apart from when you are working in superior performance. It helps with confidence, which also, you know, is a foundation for success. Another thing that helps with self-belief is your value system. So your value system helps you with checks and balances. So you know that, okay, I'm this sort of person. These are the things that I'm interested in. These are the things that work for me. You know, you know that, okay, you when you are clear about your values as well, they help you with 
confidence. They help you with self-belief. So this is, I'm not going to go down this route. I'm going to go out this route. This is what is about me. It's clear to you. Another thing that I need to, to, to add is that managing your health helps with confidence. I remember I said this a lot about two years ago. You know, I'm this healthy person, always running, always exercising, always on the go. And I felt ill for a while. And I mean, I would not say that my self, my self-confidence was, was, this, was distorted, but it shook me, <laughs> to be honest. I was shaken. You know, I was, oh, was, you know, what's happening? What is this about? And I think it's something that I always add when I'm speaking now, that you have to also be healthy. You have to manage your health. Now, managing your health also helps you manage stress and prevents, you know, depression. So being healthy, um, you know, when people are depressed, that those, you know, your mindsets and all those things, they are affected when you suddenly, you know, just, um, I call it combust, when you just go pow, when you just, you know, break into. So that's something we also need to look at. Another thing we need to look at is um, doing what makes you happy. Doing what makes you happy. So what are the things that make you happy? Do you want movie? You know, you, life has to be lived in balance. Life has to be lived in the balance. So health as well helps with self-belief. Do it makes what makes you happy. Hanging out with people that make you make you happy. That is also something that um, that that would help with self-confidence. Now, my second C in, in this is confidence and courage. So for me, courage is. Um, I think if, 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 you know, the video that I've posted and it says, what are the things that you think that have got, gotten you where you are? I think for me, it's that fearlessness. It's that um, courage. It's that, you know, I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, even if, if I'm afraid of it, I'm going to do it anyway. So if I'm, af you know, if I'm afraid, I'm going to do it afraid. I'm going to be fearless about it. I'm going to start it up. I'm going to, there's, because I, I want, you know, when it's not like you, you, you are doing something that is bad, when it's not something, you are not doing something to destroy somebody else's life, what, what, why, why exactly should we let that um, fear mindset hold us down? So it's something that we need to look about. Courage. If you are going to perform superiorly, you need to believe that you perform superiorly and you have to have the courage to push out there and perform superiorly. So um, courage for me is also something that we need to look at. Be willing to take action with no guarantees of success. I was, you know, when I was starting the Light Foundation, you know, obviously I, I did a bit of planning. I knew where I was going. I had the clarity of the vision. You know, people would ask me now, okay, so it was something that I had taken time out to think about way before I started it. I remember that I'd reach out to people as, you know, at, as early as October, November to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I need you to come and speak, you know. So when you go out at something and you know that you are going at it because you it's something that that aligns with your purpose, aligns with something that you you you, you are clear about. You you feel like you've been called, or you are clear that you've been called to to do, and how you are going to do it is clear as well. Then you go about it fearlessly. You go about it fearlessly because, which is why I started with that clarity. Clarity helps your drive. It helps you to be motivated. It gives you that positive attitude and mindset to act. It, it helps you act better. It helps you act 
act confidently. It gives you the courage to act. So, so you resolve to act as if it were impossible to fail. A lot of us, like, you know, we think about it, we think about it, we don't want to climb the stairs. We, we are staying up the stairs, we don't want to climb up the stairs. You need that courage to take that first step and climb up. So superior performance is not something for leading-minded people. It's not something for people that are... It's, 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 it's for fearless people. So I'm going to take charge, I'm going to take hold, and I'm going to move. I have one of my teachers in the nursery... You know, anytime she's about to, to, when you give her a new position, you, you know, you see that, oh my goodness, I cannot do this. But I like that, you know, when she when she's dwelled around that for like a few minutes, a few whatever it is, you know, she picks herself up and you see that courage set that, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this. And she goes. There's nothing that you're going to do. There's no risk that, you, that we are going to run if we do not... Take, and courage, I think, is something that is not on anything. It's just something that you are going to, obviously, yeah, maybe past success is the same thing, which is why I lumped confidence and courage together. Past success. But there are times there are some big mountains that you're going to see and then nothing has prepared you for it. You just have to speak to yourself. You just have to speak to yourself and then push. So I like this. I, um, I read it somewhere. It says, come to the edge, he said. They said, we are afraid. Come to the edge, he said. They came. He pushed them and they flew. So half of the time, it's, you know, that fear mindset. But when you when you go beyond that, when you realize that fear is nothing, when you push yourself past fear and you take up that mantle of courage, you will fly. Superior performance, like I said, is not for the lily livered. Courage is more exhilarating than fear. And in the long run, it is easier. We do not have to become heroes overnight, just a step at a time, meeting each thing that comes up, seeing it is not as dreadful as it appeared, discovering that we have the strength to stare it down. Confidence and courage when you want to act, when you want to, for superior performance. So for sup I need to reinforce for superior performance. For superior performance, many of the things that I have done are things that I was not prepared to do, interestingly. There are many things that I, that, that I, I, I had the vision, that I, you know, I got into them and I said, okay, now I need to become this thing. I need to become this thing. And that's why I started with knowledge. That's why I started with knowledge, with reading, with skills. Drop your skills, your experience. You reflect on your experience. Every experience is important. Everything that you have gone through is, is important. You, you reflect on that. You create a professional balance. This thing that I am doing, this next step for me, what do I need to become? What do I need to have to build, to, to, to get to this person, to get to, the, to become this person that is going to achieve these things? Please, like I said, we are supposed to be living intentionally. We are not supposed to let life happen to us. We are supposed to happen to life. So the, build your confidence, you know, take, all that, take up that mantle of courage and then you push through for superior performance. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone, good afternoon. This is Bimbo Ogundere. Thank you for coming back on to Seven Keys of Superior Performance. So we've been talking about clarity, um, being clear about where exactly it is you're going, in terms of superior performance, what exactly is, you know, 
the superior performance mean to you? And then, of course, having a strategic roadmap to that. How am I going to achieve that? How am I going to do that? And I've said once again that if it's not something that you feel that you're able to do, look for a mentor, look for a coach, and have that person walk through this process with you. It is important that you have a clear view of where it is you are going. Um, you can also use vision boarding. Um, we've said that clarity helps with motivation, um, with the drive and the desire, you know, to achieve those things, to achieve the superior performance, achieve a high level of performance, and then helps. And then of course, we've said that confidence um, based on obviously having a very clear, clear um, vision for yourself based on um, past accomplishments, past successes, having that success um, success action cycle. Then we've also spoke about um, um, self-belief because of the amount of knowledge you have, the amount of skills you have, the amount of experience you have, your value system. We have also said that if you, you cannot be performing superiorly if your body is not in tip-top shape. So um, being healthy, um, maintaining a healthy lifestyle and a healthy balance is also important. Doing what exactly it is that makes you happy. We talked about courage. So obviously there's that part of it that you have to be brave. So we don't stay up the stairs. We take a step up the stairs and we keep on going. So that is important as well. Some things we would have to do afraid. Some things we would have to be afraid of. You know, at times they say that um, if your vision does not scare you, then it's not big enough. So there you go. So there you go. If it's not big enough, you know. So that, that means you must be afraid at some point. And then, of course, you, you sort of just do that afraid. So we're going to the third one today, and it's um, constraints. So constraints mean what are the things that are holding you back. So I wake up this morning, I've done all my vision boarding, I've done my strategic roadmap, now it's time to act. I am courageous, I am confident, but then of course, maybe there are some things that are holding me back from acting. Those things need to be dealt with. Those things need to be dealt with. You need to ask yourself, what sets the speed at which I achieve my goals? What's holding me back now from achieving my goals? What will hold me back in future? So most times we are looking at comp constraints we are looking at the things that are happening to us now but if you are going to be proactive you have to begin to figure out and plan for the things that are going to hold you back and they might be real or they might be perceived to be honest they don't necessarily have to be if for money you are going to do masters in education um, or masters in educational leadership obviously constraint is going to be money and you have to plan for it so planning for those things that is a high level of being proactive. I call it um, living ahead, living forward. So we are not learning from the things that have happened to us. We are learning that from this. We are projecting and looking at it and saying, what are that? Which is why you have a strategic roadmap. So on your map, you look at those things and you say, okay, ah, this point that I want to achieve, what are the things that, that might hold me back at this point? And then planning ahead for those things, right? And another thing, again, obviously, when we are looking at our constraints is our mindset. We are only as great as our mind tells us that we are. No matter how many people tell you that you are beautiful, you are beautiful, you are beautiful, you are great, you are great, you are great. If you do not begin to believe it yourself in your mind, then we are back to square one. 
If you change your mindset, you change your life. That is very fundamental. So, um, I read a very good book. I think it was from by Jess Mayer many years ago. It says, um, "Battlefield of the mind." So many of our issues, many of our of our battles, can be can they start and they end in our minds. We have the power, that much power, to change our lives. That much power to change our lives. So I'll look at limiting beliefs. Those are the you know the things that you 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 begin to tell yourself, oh, I'm not good enough. Who am I? I'm not from a rich home. I don't speak well. I don't walk well. I don't. Uh, what are those things we tell ourselves? I don't. I'm not pretty. I'm not confident. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I I, I don't write well. I do all those things that we tell ourselves. We call them excuses, and we say them so often that. They, we begin to believe them and that is where the battle is when we begin to believe deeply those um, those beliefs those things that we have said to our mind so those limiting beliefs you need to sit somewhere put pen to paper and think deeply give yourself, get yourself a day or two to think deeply and say what are the things that I actually say to myself that are excuses. Let's start. Let's call them excuses for now. Let's call them excuses for now. You know. But fundamentally they are limiting beliefs because there's nothing that you that you can you can let's not it's not that they are not there. It's not that you so you don't speak well enough. So you don't speak well enough. But that doesn't mean that because you don't speak well enough, then you cannot do the things that you should do because you don't speak well enough. If you don't speak well enough, then you sort it out. If you don't speak well enough, then you sort it out. If your handwriting is not great, then you sort it out. So somebody comes in and says, oh, digital literacy, digital culture. Ah, computer. I said, I can't use the computer. Ah, I have the computer. Oh, I don't have a computer. That's the very first thing that you hear. It has happened to me many times. And I say that in our school, and I'm sure in most schools, we have a room filled with about 20 computers. Don't say you don't have a computer. You might not have a personal computer that you are carrying up and down, but you have access to a computer. So recently we employed a couple of new teachers. And I like to observe. I like to observe. I learn a lot from the people that work around me. So we, we employed a couple of new teachers during the summer and we said, okay, um, so they get to work. So the very first thing in kids' called school is that you would have to learn you teach using the interactive whiteboard. So during during the interview process, I met this nice gentleman, and he said to me that oh, he hasn't used that before, and you know he doesn't have a laptop, you know. But he was a very nice gentleman. Um, he obviously had other things that we felt you know we needed on our team. And you know what this guy does? He comes in every day early, and he puts on he gets the because each class has a laptop. He gets the laptop from where from storage. And he goes to it, he plugs it on, and he starts working with the interactive whiteboard. And this is about week three, and he can do right about anything with the board. So he, he so yes, his reality was that I don't have a laptop. I cannot remember the last time I, you know, some of these tools need you need you to keep on working with them, working with them, working with them to gain a level of expertise. So he said to me that laptops, <laughs> computer, maybe once in, based on where he was coming from. 
But he came on board. He was given the opportunity and he seized the opportunity. And I say it, we say it a lot to people that went to Queen's College that Queen's College needs, needs, needs to have passed through you. Don't just pass through Kids College. Everything that Queen's College has to offer must have passed through you at the end of the Queen's College process. And I say it to my staff as well. So when you come through Kids College, it is not that, oh, it is that everything that the school needs to offer, you have learnt it. Everything that the school is offering, you have lent it, you have imbibed it, it has become your own. So that's how we conquer our, our, our limiting beliefs. That's how we begin to have... So I said to my teacher this morning, one of my favorite teachers, I said to her that, oh, you're going to teach us... Um, you're going to lead the team um, with class dojo next week because I know that you have... Um, you, you started it at some point. And then she says to me that, oh, that, oh, that... Uh, well... Well, she doesn't feel that she knows as much as she should know because when we went for the Light Foundation um, in July, that teacher, um, I think teacher David, you know, was into all sorts of great things about it. But you know what? The next thing she said, okay, but she's going to use this weekend. She's going to look into it. She's going to go into go on YouTube. She's going to. That is that is how we perform superiorly when we see no obstacles. When we see no obstacles, real life obstacles or obstacles in our minds, when we, well, let, let's say we see them, but we don't accept them. We don't let them determine who we are or how great we're going to be. So they are there. Those things are there. They are real, right? But we look at them and we push through them. We push through them and we say, this is not going to hold me down because I have, so that, for me, that is how, we need to walk through those those limiting beliefs so that the beliefs are there, but then they stop limiting us. I, I, we can begin to call them empowering beliefs. So I like the fact that we're not perfect. So I said the story about my, my digital literacy journey. This is me now. I'm, I'm, I'm so funky. Talking about sway, talking about um, flip grid, you know, all those funky stuff. <laughs> I wasn't funky like that a month ago. But when we, when we see the things that we do not know and we take them up as challenges, we take them up as the next thing to do and the next thing to be and the next thing to become. So yes, they are there, those obstacles, those things we do not know. But we take them up and they become our empowering beliefs. So our limiting beliefs, stop being limiting. They become our, our empowering beliefs. Okay? So we create, you know, limiting beliefs, all these sad mindsets, those they, they create a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you tell yourself great, you know, a good number of times that you are not good enough, my, I can assure you, you will become not good enough. So we need to change that I don't or I can't to I can and I will. I can and I will, right? Our thoughts have an incredible power over our everyday lives. Our power over our moods, power over our behavior. I say this all the time that... If you are in a, in, in, a, in a community or a setting where there are people that know more than you do about a certain thing, the only thing you should do, don't even think about any other thing. The only thing you should do is to become that person's friend. And you go over to the person and say, oh, pass a very nice compliment. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you know this class dojo thing because I've been thinking about it. I don't even know how to get around it, but I'm so happy that you know it. So well done. Good. So, uh, you know, pass if you complicate. So I don't know if I can come to you once or twice in a week to learn. That is the only thing. Some people say, ah, what's wrong with him? 
You see the only one in this car. You see the only one that is there. You see that you start all the, uh, 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 all those negativity. The space of time. See, time. I've said it. I don't know when I said it. Time is the only thing that we have control of. If you look at it from that perspective, so I can decide to do anything I want with my time. So the time that you have to 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 be negative and to pass judgment and to criticize people that are trying to try their best and to say, "Well, are you the only one? Is this your school? Are you the school owner? What's your business? Is it blah, 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 all those things that you know we say?" And you change it to time when you are positive. You say, "Oh, is, excuse me, are you less busy?" Can I just observe your class? Can I just observe you doing this? I, what are you doing now? Can I just sit and watch you? Is that same time? So if it took you, if your negativity took twenty minutes, your positivity would also take twenty minutes. So we need to figure out which one, you know, where we need to go. Um, yeah. So mindsets. So we, we uh, let me build down a couple of mindsets. I call them the success mindsets. So you can most of the things that I'm saying, I ask that. I mean, this is um. This is a podcast, so we cannot be here forever. But I ask that you please go research this. You can form like a little group. You know, if you have more than one of you listening to this podcast in your school um, or within your PLN, your professional learning network. So it's something that you guys can sit together and say, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, you can push it forward or dig deeper. So our success mindset. So the first thing is the fixed mindset against the growth mindset. The scarcity mindset against the abundance mindset. The fear of failure mindset against the willingness to fail. Failure is nothing. Failure is nothing. So it's the opportunity for you to start up and try again. But now, guess what? You have experience. So you're not going to go about it the way you went about it the first time when you did not have experience. Now, you have experience. So you would obviously do it better. And if you don't do it as, as, as great as you want it to start, you do it all over again. That's what it is. So the willingness to fail, to, you know, you welcome failure. Okay, I'm not, I didn't do it quite. It's the, it's the terminology. I know we've all, we, we say these things, but half of us don't believe it. When we say, you know, it's not how many times you fail, but how many times you stand up. A lot of us don't believe it. <laughs> so that is why we are talking about those constraints, those mindsets, those limiting beliefs that, that affect, obviously, um, our ability to work at a superior level, to work at a superior level, right? And then, of course, short-term, thinking short-term versus thinking long-term. The fear of breaking rules um, changed to that break-free, innovative, creative mindset. Um, or you can call that also the risk, the risk aversion. Uh, let me just be in this quiet space. This is how we do it. We've been doing it like this for 28 years. If you are doing things like this for 28 years, a, a, a child that they gave birth to on your first day, 28 years ago, is going to come and do it better than you on your 28 years. And I guarantee that. If you are doing it the same way, a child that when you started doing that thing, is going to come and do it better than you. I guarantee you must have that innovator mindset. How do I do things better? How, when people think innovation, it is not just, in, innovation is not um, technology. You see something that you do, how do I do it better? How do I, how am I more organized? How do I get to work earlier? How do I, that is innovation. It's not a technology-based thing, right? So risk aversion. To when you welcome risk, you welcome risk. You welcome risk. I say, okay, 
Let's try that. When people think of risk, they are thinking money. No, please. It's not just money. So, oh, this is something that we have not tried before. Okay, let's, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll dial back or we'll find another way of doing this. Those That is superior performance mindset. Now, negativity, I've spoken about that. Changing your negativity to positivity. And changing that, um, second-guessing yourself. I think that also relates to being confident. When you're always second-guessing, oh, I'm not sure. You're you are speaking to someone, you see the person just shaking, shaking, shaking. I'm asking, why are you shaking? There was a teacher that I had to let go recently because I just felt uncomfortable. Because she, I'm coming down the road and she's looking pensive. Coming down the corridor, she's pensive. She's shaking. She's, you know, all her eyes are, and I'm wondering, ah, what is the matter? Because the truth is that if you are doing whatever it is that you are meant to do, I spoke about that hopefully when I, talk, I was talking about confidence. If you are doing the right thing, <laughs> you should, yeah, there will be no fear. If you are doing the right thing, there would fundamentally be no fear. So I, was, I mean, I had a word with her. I gave her about, maybe I think she worked with us for about three months. Almost I gave her some time to say, this, this thing that you are doing, this shaky, shaky, I call it shaky, shaky, mommy. Shaky, 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 shaky. Somebody is coming here. Hey, hey, yeah. you, you know, you see the person, why? And there are people that have employed after you, people that are employed at the same time, and they are just going about their business. So that second-guessing yourself, that, that whatever it is, to just being confident and going with your gut instinct. Right? So that is very important. So you begin to work on So what you need to do now is to have that, you do uh, um, an assessment for yourself. For lack of a better word, to say, okay, what are my main constraints? What are the things you owe it to yourself? I don't know what's I, 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 do, I think if I was going to say anything, why do people think that their life, the success of their life, is somebody else is going to bring them? Somebody's going to, somebody is dependent on somebody else. It is not dependent on any other person. Whatever you are going to be in this world is dependent on you. So I need you, so that's what we need to read about. You read other people's biographies. Successful people, go and read about them. Go and read about them. So nobody's, you know, the, the, only a few people. And just we don't even hear much about them. Go and get, go and note that 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 were born with silver spoons, really make it. Because what are you working towards, right? So you begin to work on your main constraints and you begin to fix them. You begin to fix them. It depends on whatever it is that you are interested in. If you're interested, you know, you're going to fix them by actively going for a mentor, to prayer, fasting, all those things. Everything comes together. I say everything comes together. So we're working on it from the spiritual angle. We're working on it from the physical angle. And we're taking action steps. We're taking steps. Steps, right? So we need to work out on our constraints. If we're going to work on, at a superior level, if our performance is ever going to be superior, then we have to go up at it with the right mindset that will allow us to to get, to climb up to that level and to be there and to exceed and to excel and to keep on climbing and to keep on climbing to keep on going you know beyond ourselves you know doing things that we did not even imagine that we would do you know getting to those levels of of, of existence that you couldn't when you look back at yourself 20% you say god why are you mindful of me how were you able to get me to this point of my life those are the things that is what we owe ourselves so please deal with your constraints identify your constraints and deal with them thank you for listening to me
Hello everyone, good morning. So this is Bimbo Ogundere yet again and we are still on our seven keys to superior performance. Superior performance means performing above and beyond the norm. That's what it means. We've looked at um, clarity, we've looked at confidence and courage and we have looked at constraints, basically clearing your mind from all those things that would that are bogging your mind, that are holding your mind captive. So that you begin to do the next thing we're going into. You begin to create. So you set your mind free from all the limiting beliefs and all the, and all the constraints so that your mind can then begin to work creatively. So that creativity can set in. So our fourth C is creativity. What is creativity? So it's the ability to perceive the world in new ways, to find hidden patterns, to make connections between seemingly unrelated phenomena and to generate solutions. So we are trying to perform beyond the norm. So we have to set our minds to thinking. We have to set our imagination on fire. We have to be able to generate original ideas. We have to be able to create something. So what is going to set you above the pack? What is going to make you better? Even if you are comparing yourself to who you were before, you know, even if you're not comparing yourself to people in the pack, what is going to make you different than what you were before? How is your performance going to go from, you know, um, average to superior? You have to set your mind on fire. Your mind, your imagination needs to be thinking, needs to be working. Your thinking skills, your thinking skills. So you are thinking. So you are using your mind. That's, that's how, that, that is, so you've, you've set your mind free so that you can then use it to think of new ideas, to use your imagination. So that's what creativity is. So you, you have to Figure out how to do things. How do we do things? How, you know, things that did not exist. Where things did not exist. That's where creativity comes in. So we used to do things a certain way. Or we didn't even used to do this at all. Now, you're sitting down, you're reflecting, you're digging deep. And you say, okay, you know what? I can connect the, these two dots. Well, you know that we can do this. We know that if we do this, we can do that. That is creativity. In the last one month... Um, well, maybe more than one month, I've been looking at, um, pondering a lot about the English curriculum at the school. And because obviously I'm a voracious reader, so I've read all sorts of things. But you see, what, you, what, what, what we must learn is not necessarily that we, when, what, we, what we learn. That's not what we do. It is what do you do with what you have learned. So when you go to school, what do you do with that that you learned? When you go for a, a conference, when you go for a seminar, so this new information now, what do you do with it? So it's not necessarily that you take that information and you take it hook, line, and sinker, and then, you know, you change your life, you know, and you change how you... No. It is to say, okay, on the basis of my previous knowledge, all the things that I know now, now with this new knowledge, what can I do? 
So that's what I did with English curriculum. And I sat with it for like a, maybe about a month. And I called in my team, you know, my team members. We looked through that. We, we, we brainstormed, you know, we, we decided, okay, this is how we, we were going to do ours. And it made, it almost, it almost, it was like, why, why haven't we thought of that before? So that's what creativity is. Creativity is setting your imagination and, and bringing forth new and original ideas. Now, beyond, so obviously seeing things others don't see, making connections where others haven't, and all that. But you see, beyond that is innovation. So beyond creativity is innovation. So now, innovation, like I said earlier, it is not technology. Innovation simply means finding new, better ways, faster ways, cheaper ways <laughs> of doing things. That is what innovation is. And you can cut across all your... So if I'm going to... I, I'm, I'm trying to be innovative. How do I spend less money? That's innovation. So I'm going to change my head to natural so that I don't have to spend the rest of my days at the salon. I don't have to spend all my days. So that is innovation. That is innovation. So innovative ideas. So when you've, when you've created the ideas, I've said you don't stick to that idea you've created. You say, okay, ah, so I've created an idea and yes, that is the be, the be all and end all of all ideas. I'm not going to move. No. So you've created this, you've tested it, it has worked. Then you begin to think, how do I even make it better? How do I make it better? How do I make it better? That is innovation. And you see, there's something I read, I think The Innovator's Mindset by George Kuros. He says that you, if you don't innovate, you die. And that's where you look at stories like the Kodak story. So you ask yourself, Kodak, where is Kodak now? Where is Kodak today? You know, Kodak, I don't know, the film, the camera film, you know, that black strip film that we used to use. Where are they now? When there's digital, digital camera... Oh, our phones can take awesome cameras. Who wants? Who has time to be having that role of film? They now take it to the developer. The developer now develops it. So Kodak, I mean, they were at the cutting edge of things with photography. They could have honestly been the first to pick up, to innovate, and pick up this new way of doing things, and then skip their edge. But where is Kodak today? So they look at things like Amazon, and you are wondering Amazon from. So you can literally buy anything on amazon so now amazon now delivers food so before it was books and clothes and toys and now they deliver food and they have that prime prime means that you deliver it within 24 hours the very next working day can it get better than that and we're asking that we are wondering why jeff um, i think is Bezos. why is it something something richest man because he's thinking for superior performance you have to look at what exists is that you create something new and then even beyond creating something new, you have to begin to innovate. How do I make this product? How do I make it better? That is how you perform superiorly. That is how you... So I taught a class um, last year and I taught them like this. So the best I'm going to do is I'm going to just teach them the exact way I taught them last year. Uh -uh. How is that going to work? How is that going to work? Oh, we did this thing last, the same, you know. So I'm going to do it exactly like that. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't, we, we, we don't, we don't change for change's sake. Changing for change's sake is not innovation. Just changing. 
you know, let's just do something different. Uh -uh. That's not innovation. Innovation is this thing that you have that is working. Tested and trusted that it's working. How do you find a better way of doing it? How do you find a cheaper way of doing it? How do you find a, a faster way of doing it? Not that, okay, let's just change. Ah, I'm not going to, in fact, that way I'm going to, I'm, not, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to change it. I'm not even going to do it like that. And it is not a better way. <laughs> so last, you, last year, you, you had performance of, let's say, 70%. And you say, well, I'm going to just change what I was doing. And you drop to 50%. So it is not change for change's sake. It is something that is, how do you find a better way? So of course, for me, when, when we are looking at innovation, ref, being reflective comes in. A lot of us don't reflect on our practice. So I tell my people, I tell them that I'm, a, I'm, I'm an elephant. And the reason why I say that is that I try to remember about, write about everything. So something that happened last year, I, I try to remember. So if I don't document it somewhere, I try to, it's a mind, you, you, I develop my mind to that level where I try to, so if you're talking about something, so okay, you know what we want to do Mother's Day. I sit and I think, okay, Mother's Day last year, what was it about? Okay, did it work? What didn't, what, what didn't work about it? Okay, so what are we going to do? So that is, so you have to have a, a you have to develop a mind that reflects, that thinks, that brainstorms, that digs deep. If I ask a couple of you, what did you do last week? Nobody remembers. Or oh, that thing that you did last week, why did it work? Nobody, uh, it, you know, it just worked. Eh -eh. No. <laughs> why did it work? No, I mean, I mean, you know, no. You have to be able to record things. Why did something work? And why didn't it work? And it's okay, you know what? So based on why it worked, and why it did, or why it didn't work, I'm going to do this. We have to be organized as well. You see, there's no way you can perform superiorly. And thinking, you see, if, if you can't think well in chaos. Some people say, ah, no, the way everything is scattered like that, I can't think. <laughs> that's, a, that's a myth. You just think you can think. You are thinking, I mean, you are not dead. But um, as I, I, I can assure you that if you were slightly more organized, you'd be thinking a bit more superiorly. So yes, you are thinking you are not dead. But in that chaos where everything is scattered, where things are jumping on each other, where you cannot think, you cannot, you would, you would act, you would work, but you would not be working superiorly. So when we organize our, our environment, our mind also begins to be organized. So when I'm thinking, my family, they know that when I'm thinking, I begin to, to organize. I start with my room. I start organizing my room. I start organizing my room. I start organizing my, you know, going to my children's room. I start organizing I, because I'm trying to get my mind to think there's something I'm working through. And I need my mind to start tuning in. You need to be organized for you to think. And for you to think above and beyond how you were thinking. So that you begin to create things above and beyond how you were creating. And you begin to innovate. Being proactive also comes in there. So you, when you are thinking, you are looking at your problem-solving skills. You are looking at your decision-making skills. You are looking at the choices that you are making. That is where thinking comes in. So you've decluttered your mind. All your funny mindsets, they are all gone. Now you will now fill your mind with deep thinking skills, with deep thinking methodology. When you are about to make a decision, how do I make my decisions? 
How do I solve my problems? How do I create new things? How do I innovate? You have your you you build your mind as a muscle towards that. So the difference between someone that is performing, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I say this all the time, the difference between someone that is performing at 70% and 100% is because the 100% person has just thought about issues a little bit deeper and a little bit wider. Right? That's what the person has done. The person has gone to meet people and has asked the relevant questions. The person is curious to say, oh, ah, ah, this thing is not, ah, ah, why? Okay. Then the person starts doing investigations, start asking, start digging deep, goes back into the archives, brings out information, does a bit of research. That is the difference between that person. And that is the first step. So you have not even thought about it. You don't even know that you were acting, you were, you were one, or you maybe you have a performance review and they said, yes, you are performing at 70%. You've argued with them, you've insulted them, you ridiculous HR, what do they even know? Who does she think she is? They have poured all your negativity into that situation. They have not started to say, okay, you know what? They said 70%. Let me now go back and think. How do I begin to move from 70 to 90%? And you begin to ask questions. You go back to the same HR people and you ask them, ah, ah, why? What are the things? Can I have, you know, can I have more outlines, more pointers? How do, you've not done any of that. A high performer, is a curious person. A high performer asks questions. A high performer is fearless in terms of question asking. Doesn't is not there is dead to ego. So I'm not going to say I am not going to ask her, you know, because she now thinks that uh, yeah I don't know these things that we do to ourselves. A high performer will go back and reflect and look at the back and, and look at the front, you know, and say, okay, how am I going to go from here to there? A high performer is going to go and research and put things together and say, okay, this is the way to go. Based on all that digging deep. A high performer has the ability to think above and beyond. Are you, where are you thinking? A high performer can reinvent. A high performer would improve. A, a high performer will find a new way. So Ms. Ogini has gone into my classroom and has said that, oh, that you have a problem that I'm I'm getting feedback that your children are losing, they are going home without the items they brought into school. I, you need to sort that out. And she leaves. And then you say, what's wrong with that woman? Is she funny? What kind of, what's she, what she about? Who does she think she is? Is she the only person to have a school? Is that what we are talking about? Does she know how long I've been teaching? You know, all those things. Or you say, okay, let me sit down. Let me observe this children when they come in the morning. What do they do with their items? Their bottles, their school bags, their homework pouches, um, one or two things that children bring into the school. So how come they don't go back home with them? You think about it, you observe them, okay, this child puts this here, this child puts that there, you know, and then you get to tell yourself, okay, you talk to your partner, if you, are, if, you are, if you have a teammate in your class or you have a teammate across your year group, say, you know, these are my observations. These are my observations. What, what, what do you think we should do about you? You brainstorm. You think deep. And the person says, okay, what we can do? Maybe we label their things. Do you think we label their things? Okay, you know what? That's finding a, a better way of doing things. Okay, so let's, let's, let's label their things. Right? Or do you think we should, we should clock in? We should write down the things that they bring in. Right? 
Or do you think that you brainstorm? Then when you brainstormed, right? You, you start acting. You start testing your... These are hypotheses. You start testing your theories. You start testing your hypothesis. You start checking. Okay, is this... Ah, no, no. That label. In fact, that maybe used, you use masking tape to label. That label was a, was a joke. The child even peeled it up. Ah, we can't label with that. Okay, should we use a... Should we use a permanent marker? Is that, that is how to perform superiorly. So you are not stuck in, in that space where you are and you, are, you, are, you don't want to push through, you don't want to think about anything. A high performer thinks. Right? The arrogance of success. This is one of my most favorite quotes. The arrogance of success. And I see this playing out in so many spheres is to think that what you did yesterday will be sufficient for today <laughs> or tomorrow. What you did yesterday will be sufficient. That's the arrogance of success. So you have to learn, you have to innovate, you have to grow. You have to find out to bridge the gap. If you are going to be a high performer, you have to be a creative person. You have to be a, an innovative person. You have to be someone that is curious, that is asking questions, that is fearless about meeting people and asking. You have to be someone that is reflective, someone that brainstorms, someone that is proactive and organized, someone that is thinking. You have, you have trained your muscle. You have that muscle called your brain. You have trained it to be, to, 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 to be thinking. You are a thinking mean machine. But we all know that it goes beyond the ideas, right? It goes beyond just being creative and innovative. So we'll talk about that with our next C. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Good evening. How are we doing? So this is Bimbo Ogundere again. So we are going on with our seven C's to superior performance. So we've looked at clarity. We've looked at confidence and courage. We've looked at constraints. We've looked at creativity and innovation. And the fifth one would be concentration. So beyond um, knowing what it is that you want to do, what your vision is, um, and how you intend to get there and having that all clear. Um, understanding the importance of being confident about your vision and your abilities, and then having courage to take all the necessary steps. Clearing your mind of all um, constraints, all those funny cobwebs that clog our mind, and then releasing our mind and training our mind as a muscle for creativity and innovation is that once we get on that track then we have to concentrate mm -hmm. then we have to concentrate that is very very important and fundamental so concentration for us here would be focus so being focused so this is the track this is where i'm off to this is where i'm going and then maintaining a steady focus, a steady focus um, to take you through to that destination. And then, of course, focus is going to work for us for all sorts of things. 
focus helps us to ensure that our mindset is on track and continues to be on track. It helps us to continue to forge ahead with the muscle that is our brain as we continue to um, work towards creativity and then innovation. And then it just helps us with um, making sure that we are, we, our practice is purposeful. So where it, it's intentional. So where it is we're going, we are taking, waking up every day and we're taking the strategic next step towards achieving our vision. We've said that the big why is very important. And of course, around that big why is the, um, the big idea is the big why. So this is my idea why, you know, I, I don't think I have spoken, I, I spoke about that at all. So this is where it is that I want to go. So what also keeps you motivated is that there's a clear reason why you want to get there. And it's not because someone that is around you is getting there or um, it is because that you, this is what you have um, proposed to do because it is your calling. It is, uh, you know, what you have sat down to decide that this is where it is that I need to get to. So I, I would want to talk about um, discipline. For maintaining focus, discipline is needed. For maintaining focus, there's perseverance, there's persistence, there's commitment, there's dedication of the time needed. We all need to remember this popular saying that Rome wasn't built in a day. So some people start teaching today and they feel that in the next couple of years, in the next couple of months, then they also want to get to that that um, leadership position. There's always a, a, a place for apprenticeship. There's always a place for learning. There's always a place for you to say, this is, I am using this, committing or dedicating the next couple of years, the next three to five years to learning all I need to learn about this great task or this thing that I want to do. And then, of course, um, going in that direction. And then on a the day-to-day, waking up to say, okay, today I'm going to perform at a superior level. It means that that day there must be focus. So all the distractions, all the things that will get us distracted, we, we, we need to starve those distractions and feed our focus. You will never reach, reach your destination if you stop to throw stones at every dog that barks. I observe a couple of teachers that every minute they are out there, they are trying to, you know, every second is a socializing second for them. So there's a place for socializing and bonding and a place for making the connections or a time for that, but it's not at every point. So you see them just trying to bring up conversations. You are in the middle of a school day, you are in the middle of a lesson, and everybody that passes, you know everybody that is passing, you are opening your door to pop out here. Are you looking for anything? In the middle of a lesson, we need to starve our distractions. If we are going to perform, um, perform excellently and perform superiorly, then our eyes need to be on the target at all times. Another thing that we, we would it would be good for us to do is uh, generally is that we define our greatest opportunities, we define, we determine our most valuable resources, and we decide upon our best talents. So we use it like the Pareto's principle. So we use 20% of those things, 20% of our time to activate, you know, to engage that yield of 80, 80%. So we need to decide what are what are the things that I'm good at, what are the good things that I'm good 
good with and then we put all our energies into that 20 percent so that they yield our 80 percent or we use you know the best part of our 20 percent of the of the day to yield the 20 80 percent rule so if you have not read uh, where's that book now if you have not read the 80 20 principle yes please 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 i think it's what richard yes caught please 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 go and get that book it tells us how we can use our time and our resources and um, better so that we can have you know the greatest results and the greatest um, returns so you don't get distracted um with um your task um, you, and another thing that i see people doing is that everybody want to be great at everything i was having a conversation with one of my colleagues and i had to ask her, i said okay so these many things that you are doing is almost as if you you there has to be something that you are known for now, interestingly, we would all, we, we are good at many things. Most of us, I mean, when you go deep, we are very good at many things. But you need to decide what top two things, that makes 20%, what top two things is going to get me the greatest yield, the greatest returns. You can't do, by the time you start doing six to eight to ten things, you are stretching yourself. And the interesting thing is that half of the time we 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 don't stretch to meet all those ten things that we have planned to do. So we need to focus. So yes, we would two you know the two things might be the things that we are known for, and then we do all these other things very nicely and very well. But what are the twenty percent things that you are known for? So those are the things that we have to begin to. We have to use our talents wisely. We have to use our time wisely. We need to focus. We can we, once we are, try, we are trying to stretch ourselves to do ten things at the same time and ten things well. I mean, jack of all trades, modus operandi. So at the end of the day, it, it, it will be good, but we, it would be slightly weak, and that's the truth. It will be slightly weak. So even if you are you are at some level and you want to do so, um, I'll use for example the big people, um, um, you know, um, Richard Branson and coming home to to Dangote. So interestingly, you see that at, the, at some point he started selling some things that were not. Yes, he's going to do them and he's going to be good at them. But are they the things that are going to bring the greatest yield? We need to focus all our energies. We need to focus our time. We need to focus. So obviously, I also think that in the middle of and that place where focus comes in is in execution. So we are acting. We are acting. We are acting. We have to be mindful of execution. We have to be mindful of execution. So. All those great ideas are nothing without execution. So you can have all the great ideas, but if you have not put your focus in at the point of execution, I tell this to my staff all the time. They say that, yes, we've brainstormed, we have all the great ideas, but when it is time to execute and we all now start getting tired or we all start, okay, going, then, then we failed. Because if the idea remains an idea until it is, you know, we talk about with creativity and innovation. They, they are very, very good, great ideas. If you cannot land them, you cannot land them, if you cannot put them down and say, okay, yes, in the best possible way, then it's almost as if, you, I mean, you, you, you didn't need to start at, at, the, at, at the first place. So that is another place where focus comes with me. So for me, I know that I have very great ideas, but I know that when it times to execute, you see that it's almost as if I'm fighting a battle. Because I know that because I've spent so much time thinking, brainstorming all those ideas and putting everything down, all my when it is time to 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 to, to execute, it's almost to be honest, it happens to me, I get tired. But then that is the time where all your energy 
and all your focus is needed the most. How do you land your idea? That is another place where focus comes comes in, you know, for superior performance. So how are you different? It's not the idea that makes you different. It's how you execute the idea that makes you different. So it's something that we need to look at as well. So I want to do my classroom. So you have all those great ideas. Now the time to do up the classroom is, and then you just get tired where you are cutting all those things. And I say, well, there's no point. So your great ideas were a waste. You might as well have sold your ideas. You might have just sold your ideas so that at least you have earned some money from you know your ideas if they're not going to come to you know work for you in any way. So I tell my staff at times that I say that these things that we are doing, I'll take them to another school, I will train them, and then because they haven't spent so much time brainstorming and coming, they will just go and execute and they will execute excellently. And then we that we sat down and we did all the fantastic then when it gets to execution, we are tired. What's the point in that? Another thing we need to also look, um, think about is you can't be everywhere at the same time. You can't be everywhere. I had a, a, a conversation with one of my friends. I won't call her a mentee officially, but one of my friends a couple of days ago, and she says that she honestly just feels like running away. And I think it's because she's spreading herself too thin. You know, there's time for everything. Right, so there's focus at every time. So we are, we, we are trying to climb a mountain. So at every point, there should be focused giving. When you spread yourself to thin, at every point of that climb, you are you get a bit tired because you are doing so many things at the same time. I had I, I just employed a new um, coordinator for the Light Foundation. And, you know, he comes and he's saying, oh, so we are brainstorming. I, I, that doesn't mean I want to execute everything at the same time. So he's coming and say, okay, I want to remind you. Don't rem- no, 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 please. Don't remind me of that. Let's do a strategic roadmap and we give ourselves timelines. We can't sit down and say, okay, oh, we want to do alumni community at the same time. We want to do all... The- then you, 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 you start getting tired. And once you get tired, you start getting... There's a word for it. You start getting, um, you know, disillusioned. You start getting a, a bit upset and angry that this thing that has come to destroy my life almost... Then you will, you won't be able to do it at, at all. So it's something that so when, when when we are working for superior performance, you must understand that, which is why the strategic roadmap is there. It doesn't mean that you do five hundred things on the same day at the same you know at the same time. And I think I spoke about it when we are talking about creativity. So you you this is what I'm doing now. You focus on it and give it your best, and then you see the result and it is excellent. Then you move from there and do the next thing. It is not, and if you are great and you are able to do two things at the same time, but it's not that you spread your oh, I'm so I mean I'm going to do ten things. Focus. If 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 you, we don't focus, life becomes a blur. If you don't focus, life becomes slightly blurry. So everything is just there, but you can't say okay, this is something that I'm doing excellently. Um. So like this 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 summer, I decided okay, you know what, I'm going to give all my time to the kids' court school. And I, 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 we, we went back to the drawing board. We started looking at various things that we had sort of swept under the feet over, t- um, you know, over time. And we just started pulling those things out and disseminating them, dissecting them, and you know, getting to the bottom of them. You know, when you are just going deep and getting dirty, and that is the time that this, this is the time for that. You know, this, this almost two months of holiday. That's what I've just been going to the school. Different aspects of the school, HR, you know, all sorts of things that we have been sort of, oh, nice, is now to go into those things. and to, So every period, you must, your life, you know, life for superior performance must be, must be lived in periods. And then you then say, okay, this period, I'm going to do this much 
so that I can come out, you know, in the superior performance with that. And then you move on to the next thing. The superior performance needs a high level of focus. And we talk about focus in different things. Focus on the task at hand. Focus on the season at hand. Focus on, 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 on your, whatever it is that your vision is that you have that you have decided that and the strategic roadmap and things and focus on the execution so there are various things but we don't want to be jack of all trades you dedicate that time that is needed to make sure that this thing comes out excellently you persevere you know obviously life is life i always say that life is life so many things are going to come up but you persevere that's where grit comes in so that perseverance because you already have the passion you're excited so something is going to come up i, I always talk openly about the challenges i have faced as as personally as a human being and you know obviously with the kids court school as well but you push through those things and you make sure that your vision and and your mission and the things the, the your why is, is strong enough to push you through those things and you commit another thing i see people do is that okay so today you're a teacher tomorrow you're a tailor now you can be a teacher and then obviously your side your side hustle i talk about it everybody has to have a side hustle because nigeria is not an easy place to live in so it's easy but not that okay so ah, i've done this 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 teaching for like two months and the is too much Okay, so you go and something, they come back again and say, oh, I'm, I, I want to be, I want to be a, a teacher again. And then you go back or you, you go to, you know, you go to, you're in a school for six months. This school is not working for me. You go to another school for six months. It's not working for me. You are the one that is not working. Because if you are going to, I think that before you go and look for a job, you would have looked, okay, so what do I need in, at, at my job, at my workplace? What sort of workplace do I want to work in? And then you outline all those sort of places that can give you those things that mm. that you need. And then you go and apply in those places and you push through. But if you're in this place and you come over, oh, this place was not really ready for me. Then you go to the next place. And then that means you don't even know what you want. So when we are looking at CVs as as, emplo as em em employers of labor, we look at your CV one one week, one month, one year here, six months here. And then it shows that you obviously... <laughs> There's something matter. So yes, there's relocation, but in the middle, in the space of this mainland, you have worked in six places in, in the past two, 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 two years. Then there's something there. So commitment at times. People need to be committed. One of my favorite teachers will say that this is the place where, you know, that she's making her route. So, and I see her that through, through the years, she has gotten so, I, I, you know, so great at the task because she has dug deep and she has... All the things that the place has to offer, I, I spoke about it earlier. She has taken all those things and I see her going. It's almost, I, I could even say that if I decide to stop wearing the kids' course, she can pick up the reins and do an excellent job at it. So these are the things that we need to put. Half of the time, we are running up and down, not just really settling somewhere and digging deep into the place. We are not, we, we are not willing to give, it, give, the, give the time necessary for, for us to actually become something. There's, the focus must be there. The focus must be there. So it's something that for superior performance, the focus is there. And I like this by, um, I think it's Bruce Lee, that a successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. So people would ask me about, you know, this, this today I got a very fantastic feedback from a parent that goes to a school close to kids' school, school. But, you know, we have that where people just said that, okay, let's come for kids' school summer. And she said to me, I didn't even know she was there, but she's someone that I know. 
And she said to me that, oh, that's fantastic. That from the front desk person who is even pregnant to the class teacher that offered to do extra work with her child with, with, um, without asking for any, any, you know, extra amount of money. And she doesn't know her from anywhere. She's not a kid's court child. You know, that, so there must be something that she, you are doing well. That, you know, she, she, she said her commandments. And I said to myself, it's because at times I tell my staff that everything is important. Everything is important. Today, I, I, I took my deputy head of school and I said, let's go on a loving walk around the school. Loving walk around the school means that when you are going around the school, you are looking at everything, you know, with love. Okay, so this thing, how do I make it better? So this thing, I, so there has to be focus. There has to be focus. So anybody can become anything that they like, anything that they want to, anything that they aspire to, as long as you have that laser-like focus. So you have decided on where you are going, you have set your mission, you have decongested your brain and your mind from all the negative stuff, you have put on the armor of courage, you have all those um, those uh, what, uh, affirmations that boost you up early in the morning, you know all those, I can do it, you are great and all those things, you have that and then you are putting your mind to work and you focus on the task. Very important for, um, for um, superior performance. You cannot perform superiorly if you are always distracted. Everything is your business. Everybody's business is your business. You are going down the road. What are they doing there? You want to know. Uh, you want to know what is it? What is it? You know, so some people, you don't look at them as this one is not going to go far because you are not, you are not focused. You are not focused at all. So that focus is important. Um, it is something, obviously, is a skill that we need to, 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 to train ourselves on and i'm sure that with that we can get we can begin to perform superiorly so thank you for listening see you on the at the next c good morning everyone so i hope you've been having a good time through um seven keys to superior performance um we've gone through five of them so we're on the sixth one this morning so the sixth key to superior performance um, here is continuous learning. We all know um, the importance of continuous learning. Um, you cannot afford not to learn new things. It is not the cost of learning you need to consider, but the cost of not knowing. So there's no way you can think that you are going to um, perform superiorly if you are not abreast of what is new, abreast of what is happening, abreast of information, what is new in different things. So there's no way you can use um, 1982's um, information and knowledge to say that you want to be um, at peak performance, at superior performance in 2018. So you have to have that um, culture of continuous learning. A lot of people that I meet have that oh mindset of I know it all. I think that personally it is a defense mechanism at certain times when you, people just assume that oh no I know it. I don't know why people do that. Personally, I tell people that so with all the no, have um, all the running of the kids' court school, I'm always the one to say um, what's going on, what's new, what are you about. I try to seek information. I remember. That one day I went to the, the, the ICT teacher at the school and I sat with him and I said, okay, teach me this thing. So, I, well, you meet people, I don't know what, maybe, like I said, some form of, um, some form of, um, 
of the first mechanism um, to say, oh, I know it, I know it. Why, why would you say you know something you don't know? Or why would you say that you know something that you are not 100% or even 100%, you know, 120% you know, good at? So that mindset of I know it all, I think people should shed it immediately. You are never too young to lead or too old to learn. That's what Kofi Annan, who passed away recently, has said. Be flexible, be adaptable. Be, I, I want to, be, I remember when we would ask people to come to go for seminars on Saturday. And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 Saturday is when I go to the market. Saturdays, even if it's a free seminar. So people say, Saturdays when I go to the market. Saturdays when I, you know. First of all, the thing is free. You have no, no option but to say yes. If it aligns with what it is that you are working on you know, during that period. And you find some other time, if you are going to be awake midnight to wash your clothes, you best take that option. So we need to be committed to, to continuous learning. And for me, it is this, that you know the fundamentals. So we are teachers. You know the fundamentals of, um, of what it is. So your teachers took it. But then you begin to grow on that. You begin to develop that. You begin to build on that. And I say, I like to say this, you add 1%. Some people think that you, they, you, you are supposed to um, go from zero to hero. No, you go from zero, you go to 1%, you go to 2%. What it is is that at every point in time, you are dedicated to getting better every day. You are dedicated to getting better every day. You keep growing. So no matter how slowly you keep growing, some people, they don't even grow at all. And that is the fear. They don't grow at all. They don't grow at all. You don't see that, okay, this is what you were, you were doing this, this way last time. So this is this time. How have you improved there? I don't know how that, how that works. I have one of my favorite teachers that, like I said, she would everything that kids God has to offer. She must learn it. How do you make news that has doing publisher? How do you use that as doing sway? How do she know she learns everything? She's another she's in another department. She would leave that department, come to another department and learn everything that is going on there. You have to keep growing. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And then when you when you learn something new, you practice it. That's another thing. So some people know differentiation. Some people know all the... Uh, they don't practice. So what is the point of this thing that you know if you're not going to practice it? All the instructional strategies, all the, they do not practice it. So you've learned how to put the VAK in your planning and in, in your classroom lesson. They don't practice it. What is the point of learning if you would not practice? And this practice is not just, oh, I was just going along. Oh, I just remembered it. Let me do that. No, it is purposeful strategic practice. You say to yourself that this week I am going to practice this in my classroom purposefully. So I'm going to practice this strategy in my classroom purposefully. So it is not, oh, ah, and I know it all. Oh, ah. When we, I, I would never stop saying that we need to be intentional. You need to be intentional. So it's practice, practice, practice. You learn, learn, learn. You practice, practice, practice. You reflect, reflect, reflect. You learn, learn, learn. You practice, practice, practice. You reflect, reflect, reflect. You learn, learn, learn. And that's what it is. And practice makes progress. So before you know it, it becomes second nature to you. You don't even know that you are doing it. 
So at times I have people observe me and they say, oh, we didn't do that. I didn't do it. I was just, <laughs> I can't, be, I, I can't remember doing it intentionally. I honestly just did it because it has become second nature. So let me take that again. You do not, there's no point learning anything that you are not going to practice. And there's no, no point practicing when you're not going to reflect on that practice and figure out how to do things better or how well you did. There's no, there's no point. There's no point. There's no point. Might as well just stay at home. Honestly. I, would, I cannot say this enough. You never become too much of an expert to stop gaining expertise. I had a teacher that at a point I realized that she had stopped learning in terms of, oh, I knew everything. She had stopped learning. So I moved her away from where she was. And it took her a while to start learning again. Because she, at, the, at where she was, I think she was in the nursery, she had become a doyen of the nursery. And she wasn't even going. She, you know, she had gotten distracted. And that's another thing. When you stop, when you stop giving yourself goals and targets and learning and things that you want to achieve, you start getting distracted. You start misbehaving. You start doing all sorts of strange stuff. So I said, okay, you know what? She was. I knew she was good enough of a teacher. So I didn't. And so I said, okay, you know what? Move a, totally away from the nursery and come over to the primary. And it took her a while to say, okay, what are they even doing in this primary? Let me, let me even begin to learn what they were doing. So never become too much of an, of an expert. You know, the Bible will say that, you know, that, that fish, that round fish that has been, that has been um, roasted round. It's called a chatika, actually. And you can't, honestly, if you stretch it, it breaks. Don't be that. Don't be that. Don't be that, right? Continuous learning is the minimum requirement for success in any field continuous learning and you set yourself a goal you set yourself targets what are the things you reflect what are the things that I, I'm good at what are the things I've, I've spoke, spoken about professional balance sheet what are the things I'm good at what are the things that I don't know now how do I get about knowing those things I don't know and you set it okay so the, the, the Instagram especially Facebook these great things there are great places where you see all these courses. And there are so many happy people that are willing to teach people nowadays. So you see all those courses. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go for um, this course that is in, you know, in tandem with what it is that I want to be better at on the 25th. Okay, good. And then this one on the day. And then you have your calendar. If you have your calendar on a sheet of paper, you're going to misplace it one day. You put it on your phone. You set reminder for the day before. And you write on your notes that, oh, so this reminder is 8, 8 a.m. on this day. To remind me that 8 a.m. the next day, I have to go for that sort of training. And then you go for it. And then you do that. You come back. We're talking about peak performance now. We're coming about peak performance. So you come back. You practice. You reflect on your practice. And then you move ahead. The beautiful thing about learning, I tell everybody that. The beautiful thing about learning, nobody can take it away from you. So if Dr. Gurit sends you for that training and that training and this training and that training, she can't take whatever it is that you have learned. Especially if you practice it and you become it. She can never take it away from you. So if you need to leave, she lets you go. You know, different things would happen. This is the world where fluid, nothing is permanent. That's another mindset that people need to understand. That. You must be willing to stand up and keep moving. You never know what's going to happen. 
must be need to stand up and keep moving. I've had people that have let go, and it is a true story. I have sent me a message that oh, it was because they I let them go that they now went into their place of um, something that, that, that we Christians call it their place of something where all the, everything now fell in place for them, and that's the way the world works. Nobody has been called to permanence in a certain thing. Be flexible, right? So um, now let me, let me. How do how do we um, continue to learn? Because that's another thing that people say, oh, no. First of all, in your school, in your space, in your sport, you ask questions. You seek people that are operating at a level that is higher than you or at a level that is the same with you. And you seek them. You ask them questions. You observe them. You take notes. You ask them why. Why are you doing this this certain way? What are you doing that? That's the first. That that is free of charge. That is free of charge. Number two is that you accommodate people when they come to ask you questions. Because you see, when we teach the things that we know, we get better at those things. So you accommodate people that ask you questions. You answer them. Right? You answer them. So that that way you explain things to them. So that that way, obviously, you learn better as well. The next thing is that you seek feedback. So when you are practicing, when you are practicing, besides reflecting, reflecting is when you have what you are looking at what you have done. You ask people to please come and look at what you are doing. You ask them, you beg them. You beg them. You see, seeking feedback is the highest form of, 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 of superior intelligence because you understand that you are not perfect. You understand that you have a blind spot. You understand that there are some things that you are doing that people need, you know, you cannot see your back. I'm sitting on this chair in my study now. I don't know what's happening behind me. But someone that is standing in front of me, looking at me, is, would know what is happening behind me. So you seek feedback. You ask people to come and observe your lesson. You ask people to come and observe your lesson and you take their feedback a lot of people don't under i don't know why people are so angry at life why don't you like to take feedback like i said it, it is some form of superiority complex working with some form of inferiority complex that would not allow you to be open to feedback why are you perfect are you perfect you're not perfect right so you see the feedback so that is within your learning environment so your line manager is coming, telling you, oh, these are the things that you, you take it. Now, what it is that you can now go and dispense it the way you want to in terms of, oh, but I think that, but I would even think that you should have such a conversation when the feedback is going on. So the person that's giving you your feedback, you say, thank you very much. You go over, you reflect on it and say, ah, okay, but I thought I was doing, okay, then you go back. Oh, dear Mr. Line Manager, Mrs. Line Manager, can I have a few moments of your time? I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Tada. You see clarification on that. You don't go and say, I wasn't with this person. Who does she think she is? I've said that too many times. And you see, I say this and, it, and it's, that's how most of us are. It's the mindset that we have. Negativity. We go ahead. You listen to audio podcasts. You listen to audio things. Example, like what you are listening to right now. There are many podcasts. There are millions of podcasts. Millions. That when you are in your, in, if, you are, if you come to work via public transport, you are in the bus, you put it there, even on an Okada, 
you can put something in your ear those earphones you can put them in your ear on an okada come on and you can be listening learning while you move you see move, movement is very passive so you are sitting there in that bus please plug your ears and listen to something youtube youtube you there's nothing that you cannot learn on youtube 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 that you've not paid any money any money you have paid is your data money and data money you'll be playing with it using facebook anyway you'll be looking for other people's gist on facebook and instagram anyway so why not use for something positive that data that you have why not use for something positive you read you read you read read stuff online google is your best friend read stuff online read a good book read 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 go to all the free courses udemy coursera they are free courses free courses free courses lait light we have free courses attend create a professional learning network so within your within your your three or four in a school you guys sort of have the same vibe right oh these ones are go-getters they're like me in, in, I, um, walk up to them i was thinking that we can just create like a group where we meet once a week you know either on whatsapp either you know in the school and then we just talk about what we are doing we can decide you know uh -uh, there are so many things to do create a pln or you join a pln where things are happening people are saying things things are create a pln or join a pln and listen to like-minded people converse Okay, so what's happening? Okay, this is what we are learning. Okay, this is your own task. This is my own task. Okay, when we come in, you deliver on your task. You this on your task. You, and then you carry on. Attend workshops in line with your focus. Attend workshops in line with your focus. There are so many happy things. People are doing so many things that are free nowadays. Attend, attend, attend. Now, the last but not the least is this. Hmm? I know that the, the reason why I started the Light Foundation was on the premise of, you know, come on, how much do um, teachers earn and then asking them to take out of their money to attend so many um, CPDs. But this is that. If you say, okay, you know what, if you tithe, excuse my language, but if you tithe 10% of your income, right, to a, um, what's it called now? To a CPD, a paid CPD, a paid CPD. Now the ten percent. Let me raise. Maybe you earn forty thousand. Yeah, I'm going to go that. And you say, okay, four thousand out of my forty thousand, I'm saving it for CPD. Now you keep on saving it depending on the CPD one. So your CPD honestly can be forty thousand. Okay, I'm going to save for ten months, and I'm going to attend that CPD. Your CPD can be 8,000. I'm going to save for two months and attend that CPD. Your CPD, that is, you need at some point also commit to saving your money to become better. You're not going to get free all the time. And let us also not depend on free all the time. That's the truth. You also want to be in charge of your destiny and in charge of your future. What if the Light Foundation says, okay, you know, I'm not doing anything for them. You know, so you can't depend on free all the time. So what do you do? You begin to save. You begin to save. The first 
month of uh, the first month of um, the Light Foundation, we spoke about financial literacy, where you should start thinking of other things that you can do on the side, right? That will not take as much of your time, but there are things that you can do. How do you get more financial, um, financially, you know, um, stable, so that you can begin to do that? So, but beyond even before you start saving, there are so many free things. There's many free things. There's many free things. There's many free things online. There's many free things on, and we have said that beyond learning. So those are avenues. These are how do you learn, right? What do you learn needs to be in line with what your your goal and what your path is after you've done your professional balance sheet. And we have said that beyond learning is purposeful practice. Is purposeful practice. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Repeat it on the second nature to it. Add your one percent every day. Get better every day. What is the what is this? What are we looking at? We want you to become an expert in your field. We want you to perform superiorly. We want you to go to peak performance. Continuous learning. Continuous learning. Be a lifelong student. The more you learn, the greater your value. The more you earn the more self-confidence, the more your quality of life increases. But you are that same person doing the same thing. You want to, we are looking for who to, 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 to employ, to promote. We can't think about you because you are the same person we knew three or four years ago. And we've spoken about it, that when you see that people moving up, the grass is greener wherever the grass is watered. So somebody is moving up. Everything looks good in that person's life. It's because the person is keen into this. The person is, is, is sowing into their continuous professional development so that they can be better, so that they can be more valuable. All right? Key is that you keep educating ourselves. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Yay! So we're on our seventh C. So we've been running through the seven C's to superior performance. Superior performance being performance above norm. And we have looked through clarity. We've looked through um, confidence and courage. We've looked through constraints. We've looked through creativity. We've looked through concentration. We've looked through continuous learning. And the final one is connections. So for superior performance, your connections must be tight. <laughs> your connections must be tight. Now, let me make it clear because we're, most of us are in Nigeria. So we are doing who do you know, who do you know. Let me explain my connections. Connections in the sense that we must understand that people matter. No one um, ever went to space on their own, right? So people matter, relationships matter. If you want to be a high performer, you have to be connected to your people. And taking that further again, you have to be connected to the right people. So the first for me, in as, um, since this is mainly for educators, would be your connection to God, where your center is. That cannot be overemphasized. Your connection to your loved ones, right? Because at the end of the day, when you leave work and you go home, there must be a happy place. Um, home is supposed to be a circle where you run to and you lay your head to rest and all that. So that connection is very important. And then going beyond that is the connection to your organization. And this is what I mean. So I've said it at some point that um, the vision of your organization is 
is as important as your own personal vision because there must be vision alignment. So you are somewhere and then their modus operandus, their vision, the way they do things is not in line with what it is that you are are looking at for your own life. Then obviously you are in the wrong place. So that is very, very important. Where is your organization going? How does your organization you know operate is as much is also as important as where you are going and so that those things have to align then of course connection to the people that you work with because we're working at we're working somewhere we also want to wake up and be excited to go to work because we have a few nice people there that we can't wait to see and we can't wait to share a day with so that is also important and in this is where we talk about things like emotional intelligence, we're dealing with people, effective communication, the spirit of collaboration, the culture of, you know, of collaboration, team spirit. All these things are important when you are working with people. You don't want, I mean, we also must understand that there's an emotional part to everything that we do. So you are in a place where there's rancor. There's all sorts of rancor, sorts of enmity and all that. You would not even... Your mind frame would not be so calm as for you to even want to perform um, excellently. So these are the things that we need to look into as background to um, to superior performance. Also, we have to look at our connections to our children in the classroom because at the end of the day, that's where we are there. And then we, teaching isn't about information, it's about having an honest intellectual relationship with your students, with the children in your classroom. I remember when my daughter was in year six, and she said to me that, oh, this is our best teacher. And I said, oh, why? Said, because at times we just sit down in a circle and we just gist, and we just talk, what are you thinking? What happened? You know, you don't, we shouldn't go into the classroom and we are just, okay, let's get there. Let's tick off the box today. Let's just start with math from the English, from there that there must be that relationship that you have built with your children. And it honestly comes from conversing, comes from act, um, taking time out to, to, to connect with them. One of the new teachers that we, we got, I, I see him going out with the children for their outdoor activities and he's there and he's hanging, he's hanging, for lack of a better word, he's hanging with them. So it's not just, I'm your teacher, go, you know, let me give you the instructions, go here, come back, move here, move there. There must be that relationship. The strength of our students' relationships makes the difference in translating our passion for teaching into their passion for learning. They must be connected. Our children must feel connected with us beyond that, learn mathematics, learn English. Learn, are we connecting with them as human beings? There was one of one of the teachers that I observe and I see that she's she wants she's passionate about it. She wants to learn. She wants she wants to teach. She wants, to, but she's just. Her, her. First of all, you have to calm down. You open the door. Hello, guys. How are you guys doing? Hello, children. What's going on? You crack a few jokes. You go here and there. You crack a few jokes. You go here and there. You talk to them. You. So before you even start, what are we teaching, teaching, teaching? Those things have to be there. That connection, human-to-human -human connections need to be there. Great teachers focus not on compliance, unless it's time for the timetable, but on connecting 
and on relationships. So your connection with your children is fundamental. Why don't you... I mean, there has to be a thing that we don't want you to be a friend and then you also lose your focus and you can't manage your classroom. And But there has to be that, okay, was that being accessible, that's the word, being accessible to them. So there's no fear factor. There's no, oh, this is the great teacher and we are down here. I tell you teachers that at times when you are teaching, pull a chair beside your children in the group, sit down with them, be at their level and then converse with them. And that's what and that's and that's how we pass the message along. So we need to work on our teacher children relationship. And that fundamental relationship we need to work on is the 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 um relationship with a mentor. A mentor is someone that has walked the path that you're hoping to walk and has done that successfully. Some the, the, the advent of social media has caused a lot of problems where everybody's a coach. Everybody is a mentor, everybody has a master class. But because the person can say something doesn't mean that the person has been successful at it. Now, you can listen to write about anything you want to listen to, but importantly is that you need to listen to understand why you are listening to this particular person. So you want to make sure that as much as you can, the people that you are listening to are people that have, been, that have a track record of success and continuous growth. You can see how they've grown their success in the field in which you are interested in. Don't just go ahead and listen to every Tom, Dick and Harry because the person has social media followers. You need to be careful. So someone that has worked down that path and has shown growth and has done it successfully is a person that we can look. Your mentor when you are choosing also has to be someone that is accessible to you. You don't need to go and choose a mentor that you have to go on... on uh, you, you know you can you have to get a visa before you you hear the person can even talk to you that's not a mentor that is i don't know a spiritual god so you need to be very careful with that so every great achieve achievement is inspired you know by a great mentor a lot of people have gone further than they thought they could go because someone else most likely their mentor has thought that they could achieve those things right so we have to be very very careful we need mentors we need you need a mentor but you need to be careful when you are choosing your mentor right so a nice teacher in your school that honestly has done this very well can be your mentor so like i said it doesn't have to be someone that is so high falutin that before you can even get the person to pick up your phone call it's going to be a problem that is also very important and that thing so your mentor believes in you your mentor is able to give you honest feedback right and it also has to be someone that you respect to a certain level where you can, you know that they know what they're talking about, right? And that thing that we need to do um, when it comes to connections we need to make are connections with a group of people that I would tag your accountability partners. Your accountability partners. So they might be your peers, they might be your mentor, but you must have a group of people. It might even be a couple of your siblings, but whoever, your friend, whoever, your accountability partners people that are willing to work with you and are willing to give you feedback and are willing to hold you up when you are trying to give excuses people that are willing to be there to say okay come on what's going on you said you're going to do this you haven't done that you said so but you we need that group of people if you hang out with chickens you are going to begin to clock like a chicken if you hang out with eagles you are going to begin to fly 
Now your accountability partners must be separate from your friends. Your accountability partners usually should be amongst, you know, should be professional based, you know, and of course, if it's spiritual, it should be spiritual based based on whatever it is that you are looking to achieve. But for superior performance as educators, I would focus on accountability partners that can help you in your journey of being, being a high performing uh, educator. Accountability is the glue that um, ties commitment to results. So yes, I am doing it, but at times we get demotivated, at times we are not excited. You know, we are humans, like I said, things happen. We are going through a valley of some sort with regards to, so you want people that can hold you up and say, okay, come on, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. So it's, it's important that um, we have that group, we find a group of people that challenge you, that inspire you, you spend a lot of time with them and they change, you know, you, they, they literally change your life. So I have a couple of accounts. I, I think I need more, to be honest. Um, I think I need more accountability partners. But it would be good for you to have that and do that strategically. So that should also be a connection that you should you should seek to make. We, we cannot overemphasize the importance of accountability. It separates the wishers in life from the action takers. You know, that, 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 that care enough about about their future to account for their daily actions so accountability is fundamental so you can have personal accountability you can also have accountability partners that would help you right so connections for superior performance important your connection with god your connection with your family you like i said you have to be able to balance things you can't just be a great uh, a, a high performing teacher and you are your home life your personal life is in shambles you have to have a very very nice um, um balance to that so your 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 connection with the organization is the organization somewhere that you see taking you to the next phase of your life you connect deeply with the organization you understand the vision of the organization you understand how the vision of the organization affects you and then you connect you so deep into that and you ride the wave and you know until it is you know that that sort of ends and it's time to move on your relationship with your if you're a teacher at any every point in time your relationship with your children is fundamental by extension your relationship with their parents as well but for me yes teach children first before parents but you also need to understand that the parents are there because it's that partnership whatever it is that you are doing in school you don't want it to be killed and destroyed at home so that also is very important for your self-development your um, your connection with your mentor is key choose your mentor carefully make sure the person is someone that has done what you have done what you seek to do and someone that you are that is accessible to you so not a mentor that you see once a year that that wouldn't work or a mentor that you only have access to after you have gone through five pas that is not mentor enough you also want to have a good group of people that are your accountability partners that that, that will help you to be accountable to the goals that you have set for yourself that is fundamental we must understand that with every relationship emotional intelligence is important effective communication is important collaboration team spirit is important and lastly we must feed our connections we must nurture our connections you must nurture your connections you must not only just be a, a collector a collector a collector you must also be a giver you must have something to give you must have a role that you're also playing 
in all this all, all these people's lives that is also fundamental and important education is a shared commitment between dedicated teachers motivated students and enthusiastic parents with high expectations for their children so with this we've come to the end of our seven keys to superior performance at the end of the day the first question i would you know question i'm going to ask is why must we as educators set a goal to perform superiorly why what is what was the end what's the big idea why can't we settle for mediocrity why can't we just continue to do the average that we that that we have ever that we've been doing that average okay let me do do my time watching let me come to work and you know just tick off the fact that i've done my work today and i'll come back tomorrow and do the same thing why what's the big idea why must we as educators propose seek to be superior performing teachers individuals why that's the question i'm going to leave for you to ponder about so thank you for listening to the seven keys to superior performance my hope and my wish for you is that this has some way been able to empower you with information that you need um, giving you a new perspective on things helped you to gain new insights with regards to how do you go into 2018-2019 session and beyond being a superior performing educator thank you so much have a very very wonderful exciting blessed fulfilling academic session god bless you this is Bimbo Gundere.